Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sandhill Free Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sandhill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. I want us for a few moments to focus on the Word of God. I, When Brother Tommy called me, I began to pray about it, and I was honestly was... Just in my mind, thought I need to have a message about pastor appreciation, and uh, it's obvious they appreciate you, brother. I, I know that, but God just continued to impress on me a passage of scripture that I came across a few weeks ago, and this passage of scripture has been uh, eye-opening for me with the time in which we're living. We're living in, in crazy, crazy times. 38 years of my ministry, I've never seen anything like this. But I believe, like Esther said, that we've been brought here for such a time as this. I think nothing has ever, nothing happened without God's approval. Whatever we're facing as pastors, as missionaries, as Christians, this has went through God's hand. He's in control of this. And there's a reason. I'm a Romans 8.28 guy. All things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the, the, the called according to His purpose. That's us. This is for us. But I do want to say this. History does repeat itself. God's people are God's people. And they've been up and they've been down. And I want to talk to you today about a time when God's people were down. And I'll be honest with you, For the since I've been home in July, I've been traveling and preaching, and there's a lot of God's people that are down. They don't want to admit it, but there's pastors that are down. They said, Brother Steve, I really don't even know how to minister right now. I can't go to the hospital for a surgery. It's hard to even do a funeral. Uh, when I, the way I minister, I can't. But God's got this. Now I want to read to you from the book of Jeremiah chapter 2. I love this book of Jeremiah. If you're a person that's not sure about abortion, Jeremiah will clear that up for you. He told Jeremiah he knew him before he was ever in his mother's womb. Wow. And he had a plan for his life. I'm a crazy thinker. I'm thinking all the time. But I've wondered in my own mind, have there been babies aborted that God had a plan that was going to give a cure to a disease? If God had a plan, if God had a plan before I was ever in Wanda's womb, God already knew that I was going to stand here one day and preach in this church. Y'all believe that? 
That's the God I believe in. And this Jeremiah was called by God to preach to a country. And can I tell you, not one one person heeded the warning. Brother Gary, I don't know how you would encourage this guy, but he was called to preach to a nation. In his whole life he preached and nobody listened. Not one person. I'd have done packed up and gone. But this guy hung in. And God speaks to him again in Jeremiah chapter 2. And this is what He tells Jeremiah that He's going to have to share with the people. Jeremiah 2.13 For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Is Israel a servant? Is he home-born slave? Why is he what? Spoiled. Let's pray. Father, today, what an awesome opportunity you've given me to be here. Lord, I thank you for the privilege that I enjoy in this country to freely be able to stand and proclaim your word. Thank you for the awesome Opportunity to be here this day for Pastor Gary and his wife. Lord, in just one meeting, I, I learned to love and appreciate them and, and, uh, have kept up with them through the years through, uh, internet. But Lord, it's good to be back in fellowship with them today and last night. But Lord, for the next few moments, we have surely felt your spirit in this place. And Lord, give us what we need today. Take your word and apply it to our hearts in such a way that if there's a need in this place, that we won't leave with that same need. But Lord, we will answer, we will follow, we will move as you direct. Thank you for the word and the promise that you would bless it and it would not return void. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. What a crazy scripture. One that just jumps to me and got my mind just going crazy when I first read it. You have forsaken me the fountain of living waters with an S. You see that? I got to thinking about the woman at the well. Jesus showed up at a well and this woman was there. And Jesus asked for a drink and she went into the conversation, why would you ask me for a drink? And Jesus said, if you would have asked me, I could have gave you water that you would have never thirsted again. And you know what she said? Give me the water. And she drunk from that water. It wasn't physical water. It was spiritual water. And when she took of that water, she went back to her village, her town, and she said, come see a man. She didn't go to a seminary. She didn't take a class. She had an experience with God that changed her life. 
I'm afraid today we have forgot about that. Jesus changes lives. He gives us new direction. He gives us new thought. He changes everything about us. I love what the psalmist David said in Psalms 41. He said, He lifted me out of the miry clay. He said, My feet upon the solid rock. He established my goings. And he what? He put a new song in my heart. You know what's happened today? I, I watched them singing today. They actually act like they enjoyed it. They did, brother. They act like they were feeling good up there. I see Christians all the time walk out of church. Where have you been, church? You see them? Great message. We've let the devil take our song away from us. I got songs stuck in my crazy brain since 1976. Not good ones. But something will happen, brother, and that song will pop back in my mind. I'm like, whew, got to get that out. Why about letting the Lord put some song? There's just so many songs. What a day that will be. Y'all know that chorus? Can can we just sing? How many know it? What a day that will be. Sing it with me. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day glorious day that will be. I've been on vacation and people selling timeshares come up to you, want you to come, we'll give you a free dinner and two nights stay, trying to get me to go check out the resort. One day I'm going to walk into heaven and Jesus is going to show me around. Not going to be Peter, John. I'm thankful for Paul, but I want Jesus. He's the one that bought the place for me. He's the one that built it. He's the one that's prepared it. He's the reason I'm going. And he says in this verse 13, They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out what? I'm not from Ohio. I'm from across the river. The other way, actually. I don't know this, but I am a Hoosier. A Bobby Knight trained fan. Converted to be a UK Wildcat guy. But still got some red in me. I knew what a cistern was in Indiana. Do they have cisterns here? What is a cistern? A cistern is a homemade, homemade, Tank to hold water. And they usually hook their gutters to them. Or they hire a water truck to come in and bring water. Now, if you, who here has ever been on a cistern for water? Still am. Oh, there's a, there's a sister right there. Now, I'm going to say some things. She's going to say, hey, amen. Get ready. 
You don't take long showers if you're on a cistern. You don't wash your car if you're on a cistern. Why? Because you don't have much water. And you got to take your time. You share a bath when you're on the cistern. You do. You share that water. Now, God's not telling us a physical lesson here. He's giving us a spiritual one. He said, you have left the fountain of living water. Who is the fountain of living water? Jesus told the woman that he was. In John 7, Jesus said, he was the living water. The fountains would burst from him. With the children of Israel coming out out of Egypt, and they needed water. They didn't go to a cistern. They went to a rock. And who was the rock? Jesus was the rock. It was the picture. And from that rock came what? Water gushing forth. And they drank from that water. And any time they needed water, God was there. But God says these same people have left him and made their own cistern. Now, who's ever drunk cistern water? It's nice and fresh. (laughs) Now, imagine, imagine water running off your roof. Into your cistern and getting a drink. That fresh? And the longer it's in that cistern, the nastier it gets. If yours is lucky enough to have a lid, sometimes it gets a little green in there. And if you got a plastic one, which they have now in Kentucky, it tastes like plastic. Now, who in their right mind would pass up good spring water for that kind of water? Nobody. But spiritually speaking, that's exactly what these people did. They left God and what God was doing, and they went to something homemade, man-made, and started drinking from that. Now, what do you think this means for you and I today? I think it means a lot. I think it's personal. I think it's getting right down where you and I live today. I I told Brother Gary last night, I think somewhere along the way as churches, we've kind of missed it. How God intended. I, I I would beg sometimes to God if he would just let me have a video backwards and I could see a church service. Paul preaching in. I wonder what Paul was all about. People getting saved and their lives getting changed or stuff really nice and fancy. If we're not careful, we try to make it. And you know what? Even people try to make it spiritual. I'm going to be honest with you. I can tell something spiritual or not. I get a little feeling back here. Right in this area. Y'all with me? I can I can tell you if God's working, I can feel it. 
And I've seen people try to work people up and tell stories and try to get people moved. You can move people, but all you got is cistern water. And cistern water is no good. See, where I, if I could have showed you a picture of the village where I actually have a house, one day a week we get to stay there. In that village we have wells. Everybody has a well. Now, I don't know if people know how I know all about this craziness or not, but people in Kentucky do. In our village down there, we've got two old men that live in our village, and they take a forked stick, and they walk around your yard. I'm not saying anything. I'm just telling you. And the guy will say, right here is the right place to dig. Now, here's the thing about living in the Caribbean where we live. If you dig 10 inches, you'll hit water. All of our graves are on top of the ground. Why? Because you cannot dig a hole and bury anybody. We're below sea level. And so you're trying to dig a hole to put a post hole in. You hit water because it's water everywhere. But this guy is going to tell me to dig a well here and I won't hit salt water. And he'll walk around and, and he'll say, this is the place. And I'll start digging and I'll start watching. Two guys with, with shovels apiece. And within five or six hours, they'll be 10 or 12 foot deep. And he'll holler out, Pastor, throw me a cup. I'll drop a cup down in that hole. Get the cup back up. He says, oh, this is sweet. And I'll tell you, ah, it's going to be salty. It'll be good water, Brother Gary. He's dug two for me. And all through my village, everybody's got those wells. In Belize, there's an aquifer, aquifer that goes all the way through the country. And if you can tap into that, you've got the same fresh water. Can I tell you that Jesus is that water? He's that water. And these people have left the living water and they went to cistern, stale, not refreshing, doesn't satisfy. See, what the world needs today is something that will satisfy. A vaccine is not going to satisfy people. A, a presidential election will not fix the country. Only God. Amen. Counselors cannot fix marriages. They can point. I'm a counselor. I do a lot of that. But it takes God. A family that's broken needs God. Not nothing artificial. Now, I got to get personal. This hits me too, brother. Every year I go to the rod run down in Pigeon Forge. And every year while I'm there, I get me a new devotional book to read. And to work on. Devotional books are okay, but they don't replace this. And if we're not careful, even not meaning to, we start drinking from a cistern. Some man's opinion, some guy's idea, instead of God's Word, that is the living Word. See, this is the living fountain. Yeah. Amen. 
Jesus said, I am the Word. He said, the Word became flesh and what? Dwelt among men. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Jesus is the Word. Now we have the written Word. This is life. This is alive. You read this thing, and all of a sudden, God enlightens you through this book. What we need today is to get back in the book. Why would we want to replace good, refreshing water for something stale and stagnant? But we're doing it every day and not even thinking. Now, I have found this out in reading the Old Testament. If you read Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, you'll read about some guys that are almost prophesying in the same time in history, just in different places. Now, Isaiah talks about this same encounter, but he gives the remedy. Now, I'm going to be honest with you today. I could walk out of here today and say, it's been great to be here. Amen, let's go home. But I haven't gave you what we need. But this is what Isaiah says. So go to Isaiah chapter 12 with me. Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah 12. I love I love the Word of God because the answers are there. Everything you and I need for daily living are there. How to how to get through pandemics? How to how to get through a broken uh, marriage? How to deal with death? Uh, every situation that we you and I face, God has an answer. God has promised to instruct us to walk with us. I think about people today who's trying to find their way. There's paths. When, when we go to villages where there's no electric and stuff, no cars, when I'm the only car there, when I leave there, I leave there with a bunch of people in the back and corn and, and, and everything you can gather, people trying to get a drop out of the village. But there's just little paths that go off into the woods, into the bush. And those little paths go places. And every one of us in this life are on a path. And at some point in time, that path gets intersected with God. We find ourselves at a crossroad, at a point of decision. Do I continue the way I'm going or do I go another way? Now, sometimes that happens in young age. And some people will blow that off. But luckily, God comes back around, will tap one more time and say, this is the way. But He'll never force you. He'll never push you. He'll say, come. And God wants His people to follow Him. He said, well, who's His people? For God so loved the world. See, I believe that Jesus died for everybody. Amen. I believe 2 Peter 3, 9 says that God's not slack concerning His promises as some men count slackness, but so long suffering to usward, not willing that any would perish, but all come to repentance. There's not a person outside this building that God did not send His Son for. 
But it's your choice. When you get that intersection. Look what he says in Isaiah 12. In that day thou shalt say, O Lord. God's talking about a day here when these people are going to get back to God. I I told Brother Gary last night, Brother Tommy, I said, I believe it's time for revival in this country. People talk about a day of awakening. I think think God's given us an opportunity right here one more time. This was a godly nation. I was reading this morning about Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson sent missionaries to the Indians. Now, people want to rewrite history and people want to talk about things. I want to tell you something. This nation was founded on godly principles from this book. When the president, whoever he is, stands at uh, Arlington, he stands on a platform that inside that platform is a copy of the Declaration of Independence and a KJV Bible that goes back to the foundation of our country. Every president we've ever had that stood there has stood over that right there. This is a godly country. But little by little and piece by piece, it's been taken away. But listen, I don't think it's been taken. I believe it's been given. I think we have the choice to raise our families to teach our kids. We have the responsibility. He said, In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry. Remember a while ago in Jeremiah, God had two evils against them, right? He was angry. Can God get angry? Has He ever been angry with you, Brother Gary? He's been angry with Steve. How do you know if God's angry? Oh, you know. You know. You don't have to ask. How many's ever had God angry and, and asked God, why are you mad? You knew. You knew exactly what you'd done. That'd be like my dad when he came to give me my whooping. Do you know why I'm giving you this? I would never answer. Because I was afraid I might tell something that he didn't know about yet. <laughs> I just kind of left it there. Y'all know? Everybody okay? Did they spank up here? We allowed to spank? Amen. Thine anger is turned away and thou comfortest me. I love that. That God that can be angry and and make your world miserable is the same one that can put his arm around you, Brother Gary, and make you feel a, whoo, I feel so much better right now. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really ever know that arm. I I had salvation. I knew I wasn't going to hell. I was good. But I never had that arm around me like I had in 2003, when I was laying on the gurney fixing to have open heart surgery, I'd been probably a thousand times to different people and prayed with them before they went under the knife. But that day, there's a waiting room full of people and even some preachers, but nobody came in and prayed with me. I guess everybody thought, well, you're a preacher. I know, but I, I'm still a person. I, I really need somebody to pray with me. And my doctor reached down with his hand and grabbed me. He said, Steve, you're scared. I said, I'm, I'm scared. He reached down and grabbed me by the hand. My doctor. And he prayed. I don't know. I don't remember one word he said. 
But I'm going to tell you, it felt like God crawled up on the gurney with me. I never had such a peace. And for for a long time, I looked for that peace again. Because after heart surgery, I had depression. Anybody ever been depressed? Um, I don't think depression Christians... Well, what do you mean you don't think Christians get depressed? I've, I had it. I, I, I read our paper in Somerset almost on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. There's somebody died that was young. And you get asking around to get asking the questions. It's either overdose or suicide. You know why? Because they can't find peace. God is the way of peace. I, I want to tell you what I believe today. I believe there's probably people in this room today who don't have peace. They're troubled. I mean, you, you can smile. You can, you can hide it the best you can. But inside, there's hurt. And I want you to know you've got to go to God. And He's going to tell you what to do. Look here. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. Uh, my what? My song. He also has become my what? Salvation. Now watch verse 3. Then look at me. Therefore with joy shall you what? Draw water out of the... Does yours have an S? The wells of salvation. I read that, Brother Gary, a few weeks ago, and I thought my Bible had a misprint. And I went to another one and another one and another one, and I found that S in every one, wells. And for a minute I couldn't understand why would there be more than one whale? Because he's the fountain why would they be more than one well? Maybe there's more than one way to heaven. No. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. He is the way. He's the well. So what are the wells of salvation? Well, 12 years old, I was scared to death I was going to go to hell. I couldn't sleep at night, afraid if I closed my eyes I might die. And I gave my life to Jesus. And I never feared hell again. But you know what? I've needed saved from other things. Discouragement. Fear. Anxiety. And here's the problem. A lot of people got salvation. They got eternal life. They've got a residency there. They got a vacancy. I mean, they're, they're ready when they get there. Reservations are made. But through this life, they don't have any joy. They don't have any hope. They don't have anything. And they're just walking around because they're drinking from the cistern, not from the whale. And what we got to do is go back to the whale. I love what David did. David committed how many sins? Try to count them. I can't count them all. I think he probably broke every commandment. I've seen commandments somewhere on the wall. I think he broke them all. I think he broke every one of them. And for a year he tried to hide it. I love what he said in Psalms 32. He said his bones wax roaring all the day long. <laughs> how many ever had any guilt? Yeah, sure. Amen, Brother Steve. I've had guilt. I've had guilt. 
I've had guilt and, and tried to live with it and think, what are them, what them people over there talking about? They're talking about me. You've been paranoid? And you're trying to figure out how these people are going to find this out and you're trying to figure out how to cover it. And the more you cover it, the bigger mess you make. David did that for a year. And then David broke. And he went to God. And he said this. I love it. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Then I will teach sinners. Then. You know what? Until you get that joy back, you can't help nobody. What's wrong with the world today? Christians have lost their joy. We've lost our song. Oh, we're, we're going to church. We're making our way in. We're making our way out. I got my devotionals going. I'm doing everything. But I'm feeling nothing. Yeah, come on, that's good. Yeah. Going through all the motions. Yeah. Is anybody here? Now look what he says. I love this. And in that day shall you say, Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. Maybe we all just need a personal revival. Sometimes I read things and I get all excited. And says, What's wrong with you? Oh, I just read something and it just got up. It was good. With joy shall you draw out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, Praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Declare His doings among the people. Make mention that His name is exalted. You know what we got to do? We gotta remind the world what God's doing. Well, we're sitting here watching the world and what it's doing and what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is talking about doing that's making us mad, mad, mad. Amen. I get mad. I was talking to some Christians the other day, and they were talking about they're gonna come to Kentucky and tear some monuments down, and one of them said, I got a nine millimeter, let them come try. And all I could think about was, I can't imagine Jesus saying that. The ones that spit on him, he said, Father, forgive them. You're saying, but that's Jesus, I know. But there's another guy named Stephen. They carried him outside the city. And they began to stone him. And he looked up into heaven and the Bible said he saw Jesus. Stand, do you think he's seen Jesus? I do, Aunt Marlene. I believe he saw him. Well, I don't. I know God will give me what I need when I need it. Stephen looked up and he saw it. He saw him. He looked at them people stoning him, gnashing on him with teeth, angry. I watch television. I see anger in people because they're frustrated. They don't have peace. And I'm telling you, you're not going to find it any other way but in Jesus. And Stephen said, lay not this sin to the charge. And the Bible said he died. And there stood Saul, who we know as Paul, holding his clothes, witnessing it. You think it changed his life? You think he thought about that day? You think he thought about those words? See, what this Isaiah says is we're supposed to make God's deeds known among the people. The other day I had a flat tire on the tractor. 
No, used to people would come to your house and change a tractor tire. They don't do that no more. You got to get it. Now, if you got a tractor that's got fluid in it, they're heavy, like major heavy. We get the tractor tire in there, haul it to a place. The guy's going to lunch, meet him on the road, he waves. So I got to wait till he gets back from lunch. When he gets back, we know the guy. He, he I've been to his church. I preached there. No Rochelle's family. He said, come with me, come with me, Brother Steve. And he walked me across the road and he showed me two tractor tires on wheels. He said, will these work? I said, well, yeah, that will work fine. He said, well, just take them both. When I got done paying all my bill, I paid him $50. For probably $1,000 worth of tires and wheels. Was that a God thing? Should I tell that? Make known his deeds among the people. We're, we're, we're thinking about, oh, we've got to think about something spiritual. Well, that was spiritual to me. Everyday deeds among the people. God's working every day in our life. He's doing something every day. And we, 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 we have got to seek him. Now let me close this way. Go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. You know, in Isaiah, he said, we've got to draw water. Who's ever drawn water with a bucket? I see some hands. Can I tell you, before I went to Belize, I'd never done it. My grandparents had pumps, but you did like give her a few of those licks, and here come the water. And my one grandparents had a spring. It just come right out of the water, out of the ground. And they had a pump that would get it and pump it up to the house. But when I got to Belize, they had a bucket. And they, they get lard in a plastic one-gallon bucket down there. And so everybody's got a one-gallon bucket tied to a string, about 11 or 12 foot, and you drop it. Well, the first time I drop it, it hits right on its end, and I'm trying to tip that bucket over with my string. This guy over here is laughing at me because he knows. In America, you can buy a weighted bucket. It's got weight on one side. When it hits the ground, it automatically tips. Scoops up the water. Well, now I've learned you've got to throw it down and dip it. And then you catch it. Well, why one gallon? I kept thinking. So I tied it on to my five-gallon bucket. <laughs> Save some time, Brother Gary. You ever pulled five-gallon of water out of a pit? Twelve foot? Get up on the roof today. Let the neighbors see you with the bucket and the string. Well, a preacher told me to do this. I'm telling you, it's heavier than you think. So I'm back to one-gallon bucket again, slinging her down in there. But when you draw water, you don't just go turn on the spigot like that, do you? you got to work. See, if you go back with me to Jeremiah, what I read, when we first read it, the last word in the Scripture was, are you spoiled? <laughs> we are so spoiled. Bless our hearts, we, we are so spoiled. Turn on a little faucet. My neighbor, when they get ready to wash their clothes, they start about 4 o'clock in the morning. I hear a whop, and I thought, what in the world? And then I realize he's out belling water, trying to get enough water up so they can do the laundry when it gets daylight. Because you got to... But what we do now, we put it in... Go do our business, come back, get it out of the washer, throw it in the dryer. Spoiled. Can we become spiritually spoiled? We have. 
we've kind of got real, real lazy in our prayer life or devotional life. If you want to draw water from the well, you've got to draw water from the well. And Jeremiah's going to tell you exactly how to do it. Look at this. Jeremiah 29. I'll get you to the end. Jeremiah 29. Verse 11. I, I love this. This is the same guy who said, God knew him from the beginning. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you an expected end. You know God has a plan for your life all the way to the end? Do you know you and I were born with the expiration date? One thing I'm learning about older people, like my mother-in-law and my mother, they don't pay attention to dates. And when you start cleaning out cabinets, you grab a gallon of milk, you might need to check a date. Some of the young people here are like, yeah, I've been to my grandma's. I know. You and I were you and I were born with an expiration date. Man is born of few days. And full of trouble. Here we are, sitting right here. Anybody know their death date? Some of us maybe even already have a marker up. Date of birth with a line. You and I are living the dash right now. We don't know that this is the last service we'll be in. I've been to many of those. Made that statement of many a time and preached a funeral a couple of days later. So here we are. God knows the plan that He has for me. Not a bad plan, but a good plan. To give me an expected end. He says... Ye shall call upon me, ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me, how? With all your heart. You want to draw water from the well today? You're going to have to get serious with God. You're going to have to seek and hunt and beg and plead. That might be right here at an altar on your knees. That might be at home beside your bed. But you're going to have to get serious with God. I need a fresh drink of water. Psalms 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. There may be somebody in this building who's never tasted and seen. You don't know what you're missing. You've been drinking cistern water so long. You may have never even had a good drink from a spring. But I'm telling you, if you get to know Jesus, your life will change. Not, not this fake Jesus. Not this religious Jesus. I'm talking about the real deal. Not the tie Jesus. I didn't know to wear a tie or not. I thought, ah, I don't know if Brother Gary's going to have a tie or not. Just in case I work. But I'm going to tell you what, this means nothing to me. I love to be in the bush with some people and sharing the gospel beside the sea or under a tree. That's what God meant. We've put God in a cistern and tried to make it as good as the real thing. I don't know about you, but I have been thirsty. I've been needing a real drink.
Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Let's stand and pray. I'm going to ask the song leader to come. <clears throat> they told me to handle the invitation, so I'll do that. But Pastor Gary's right here, and he I promise you he'll not turn away if you say, I need you to pray with me, Pastor. But I want you to bow your heads with me just for a moment. Close your eyes, not thinking about what's going on, where you're going to eat, what's happening after this is over. I want you to think about this moment. I want you to be honest with yourself today. Are you been, have you been drinking from the fountain? Or have you kind of left the fountain for a cistern, a stale version, man-made, kind of, not really Holy Spirit filled. Maybe today you say, Brother Steve, I'm thirsty today. Pray for me. I want to get back to that well. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you have been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together enliven each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content and programming provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages by visiting our website at www.sandhillfwb.com.